Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Well, you can tell right away we're still not in studio. Well, we're back away from the studio, I should say. <laughs> We've been we're traveling off again. a lot. We actually. have been traveling a lot, but this is our last shoot away from the studio for Season 10. We're actually very excited. We have really cool cars with us, and we're going to do something uh, crazy cool with a new car tonight as well. Yeah, agreed. Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Friday. We are thrilled yeah. you're with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us, like I said. And uh, we're jumping right into... The Toyota GR86 configurator, because it's now live, mm-hmm. and we just decided we should build one. We're not going to dwell on it because we realize you can't see what we're building and working on, but you can go and, to the website and build one yourself. Yes, and we're trying. I think you and I are going to make some different decisions, but we're also going to try to do this a little more seriously. We did this once before with a, a GT3 It was Porsche, a while back, yeah. And we just got nuts on purpose. This is really how would we build this. And, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I actually think, for me personally, the play is to get the base and not the premium. Really? How come? Because I actually don't need most of the things that are in the premium upgrade. The, the, okay. duck, the ducktail spoiler I really like, and that goes away, and that's a bummer. Yeah. But I'm not a fan of the bigger wheels on the premium, and the PS4 tires are fine, but if I'm going to buy one of these cars, I'm going to get my own wheels anyway. I'm going to use the stock wheels for winters. So I save suppose. three grand right off the top, okay. because mechanically they're identical. It's not like premium gets you better brakes or anything like that. It gets you like extra speakers and stuff like this. It gets you a little bit of extra safety tech. Like rear cross traffic is a bummer because you can't get that on the base. Right, right. But most everything else is exactly identical. Now you wind up with the crappy primacy tires. Yeah, see, that's my biggest issue. Agreed. They're new, and it's not like you want to just take them off the car, you know, because they were new. No, but what I think I would do is I think I would just go play Hoonigan for a while and just burn them out. And then those That'll 17s, take 45 minutes. Exactly. And then those 17s <laughs> become your winter wheel source. Yeah. And I right. buy 18 that I really like because I don't like the 18s on the premium. I mean, this is me being totally personal, but I don't like the 18s on the premium. I would buy wheels I really like for the car. Okay. Fair and enough. I would put really nice tires on those wheels and still be ahead on money. I mean, you're still, well, I suppose so. You're still adding 1,000, 1,500 wheels and tires for Absolutely. But I'm, but I'm winding up with wheels that I like. Yeah, fair versus enough. wheels that fair I enough. don't, and I don't need personally. Don't need the stuff from the factory. I mean, I, honestly, I really do like the ducktail spoiler. Some people don't like it. I like it, but I'm not going to pay that money for the ducktail spoiler, especially considering the fact at some point I'm sure you can get one aftermarket. True. I see. I need the ducktail. I'm going to go premium because I have to. <laughs> I want the premium. <laughs> Bring all the premiums. All right. All right. I need it. The Neptune Blue is the play, though. Neptune blue is that the play. is so good on that car. Yeah. What? Is, oh, this other blue is Torino. Torino blue. Yeah. Then that was the one they had the press launch. And that it's, is it's, nice. It's nice, but it's surprisingly dark. It looks dark. In it's person, much for darker sure, for than sure. it appears on the configurator. That Neptune yeah. blue looks really, really good. It's similar to the color you get on like the Rav Four, the really bright blue on the Rav Four. It's similar to that. And I think that's yeah, the play. Yeah. What I'm also curious about because you know Toyota's going to do this. No packages available. They're going to keep. <laughs> Yeah, you get the premium, you're just, you're just all in. We're good. The thing that's going to happen, though, you know Toyota's going to do this, is with each coming year, they're going to offer new fun colors. So while yeah, I think that's the, how to keep things fresh. Totally. I think the sure. Neptune Blue is definitely the play right off the bat. I'll be very curious to see what colors are coming, 
doesn't change what we're doing right now. But right. I'm very curious to see where it goes in, in the future. I'm not trying to play Ferrari build, but I'm wondering, would doing premium make it better for resale down the road? And not just to hold its value, but just from an appeal standpoint. Probably a little bit. I'm just asking, and again, bit. not to like spec out your Ferrari. You have the dealer help you spec out your Ferrari because they know they're going to be selling it again it and happens, again. Yeah, it happens to Porsches again. too. Yeah, it's not just once. That's the beauty yeah. of Ferraris because the dealer gets to sell them multiple times, and they know this, so they help you spec it. Here's <laughs> what our I've got a long list of customers for just this car. Here's what they want. Yeah, you're but right. I'm buying it. Well, Ferrari Shields are the best example. Yes, you're the supposed to get the Shields. Ferrari Shields just for resale yes. value. Even if you don't want them, you, you're supposed to get them, right? Just for that. 10 inch powered subwoofer. I don't really need that. Cargo the, tray, black lug nuts for $215. Yeah, that's not necessary. I don't think so. And, oh, well, carpet trunk mat. There's a few nice things. The carpet mat package. Yeah, I saw that too. I think the carpet mat package Maybe. is worthwhile. I think it just makes everything a little bit nicer. The the only concern I have though is you also kind of want the 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 all weather mat package because of course where we live we're going to get snow. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I I kind of think yeah, I kind of think I want the all weather floor liners too just cuz I in the winter you're going to want those. Do you see these GR fender vent inserts for in, I'm going to go with black. no. I'm going to go with no. I think, I think that I looks need terrible. I think I see them I mean the close up cropped photo that we're looking at doesn't look great, but I'd, I'd need to see them and see if it breaks up the, the graphic or adds a graphic to the car. I'm going to go with no on that. I feel pretty good about my no. GR shift knob. No mud guards, film, no, rear bumper applique. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not needing that. I, I, think, I think I'm done. I got done pretty quick. I just Next did the, the, the two rounds of floor mats. I did the all-weather floor liners and the carpet mat package. The all-weather floor liners was 170. The carpet mat package was 250. Delivery, processing, everything. Again, I started with the base model. Yeah, where you at and now? I'm at 29,143. Okay, I'm just two grand above you. I'm at 31,325. So mm-hmm. not bad to get everything else. I mean, the price difference isn't terrible. No, it's really not. You know, to, if you want to spring for the premium, you're not adding five or ten grand. That's true. Which is That's nice. True. And, and the way I'm looking at this here, I'm going to spend no, no question. I'm going to spend fifteen hundred doing a new set of wheels and tires. Right. I'm going to be within 500 bucks of you, roughly. Right. But I'm going to wind up with the wheels I really want on the car. Okay, fair Versus enough. what the factory offers. And theoretically, I might even stay 17s on, the, on my alt wheels. Would you? Just, I bet you I can keep the weight down. I'd be uh, curious. Well, I have to figure out what the stock wheels weigh, but I wouldn't be surprised. Interesting. Because I do like how those 18s set the car off. They do I look good. Do they do look really good. I really like the 18s. I just, I don't like the design of them at all. And they come in black, which is just mm-hmm. a, uh, I just don't like that. Okay, well, I'll spend more and I'll have them powder coated gold. I'll take of them off the will. car, pop then the tires you'll look, off. You'll look full Subaru there. <laughs> That's with true. The, the, with the bright blue hey, nice Neptune. Hey, I love that. That, that, that would look for. cool. That would look really cool. I'd have cool. to go for the Triano blue and then powder coat the wheels gold. And then I... Should have just bought a BRZ? <laughs> no. no. I do no, no, like no, no, the no. front end better on the GR86. But yeah, that's interesting because the way, again, the way I would spec this from the factory, it's just with delivery, delivery and everything, it's 29.1. Yeah, that's not so bad. So that's good. Then that's yours, is what, yours is what with 31, delivery? 31,325. It was just the accessories, but I'm sure I could you know, fix that a little bit. But that was the delivery processing okay. and handling fee for $1,025. Yeah, I've got that as well. So, so within a couple grand of each other, that's interesting. And I would, I would fill up most of that with wheels 
honestly. Sure. Wheels and tires. Sure. But then I but here's the other thing about it though. You're going to wind up with some sort of winter wheels and tires on your scenario True. as well. It would bump the price but up. But you might go with cheaper wheels and tires for winter and leave your leave right, your good ones on. Right. I'll and you have the ducktail spoiler which is a bummer. I'll wait like 5 minutes and there'll be 45 <laughs> aftermarket and they'll be all tails. carbon. You know, and it. you can yeah, get that. Something will happen. Uh, we're this is great. to say we're very excited about the GR86. We hope you get a chance to jump on the configurator and build one yourself. What I find fascinating is there's no changes in the mechanics and the performance between mm-hmm. the two versions. Yeah. So you're really picking what are the other things you think you need. I am so excited about this car. I can't wait for us to cover it a lot more. We do have an episode, too. episode two of season 10. So early January, it's going to be the 7th of January, is going to be the 86 versus the MX-5 uh, RF. And that's mm-hmm. a really cool episode. We've got a really good location for that that's going to be really fun. We've got a great couple of debates for you guys. Neil J. in Appleton, Wisconsin, writes to us about buying a classic or a near classic. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. We don't get those, those emails too often, but I love it. And also Daniel K. out in Virginia who loves wagons, and he's looking for something unique. No mm-hmm. SUVs, no CUVs. He makes Saw gagging that. noises. He spells out gagging noises, which is great. Yes, he does. So let's dive into Neil J's email here, who has a problem that will inevitably lead me to recommend the BMW Z3. What? <laughs> People have followed. You're just excited about the Z3 now. Yeah, exactly. Hey, That's funny. I've rediscovered that car. I know you I have. Love I love yeah, it. It's good. It's very good. Well, Neil needs a new weekend car on a reasonable budget of $20,000. He's 35 with no kids. He's currently driving a 2017 Fiat 124 Spider Abart. Okay. You see, five foot nine, 190 pounds. Size is not an issue with any vehicle. It's the Fiat. It's a Fiat. Fits. Yep. He fits in it, Indeed. so that makes everything easy. Yeah. The twist is that he's been lusting after a classic car for as long as he can remember, and is convinced he needs that experience. <laughs> okay. He, All right. He bought the Abart as a daily in 2019. Loves it for its driving dynamics, uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Looks and the fact that it's mostly Italian. It's Italian-ish. That's, That's his right. term, and I agree with you, man. It's Italian-ish. <laughs> it's it's um, it's Italian in in body panels and and one little logo on the steering wheel only. Everything else is thankfully <laughs> Japanese on that Just car. Just don't look you're, at the Monroni. You're where so are built. much better off that it's that it's only Italian-ish for sure. In April 2021, he received a company car. He puts 5,000 miles on it each month. Wow. Which is a 2021 Ford Escape that even looking at him makes him cry. But, you know, here's... Hang on, hang on. I'm going to give you... I'm going to try to spin this for you, Neil. Here's the good (laughs) news. You can celebrate the fact that you are beating that car that's terrible into the ground. Oh, yeah. You're not beating some good car into the ground with 5,000 miles a month. Now, of course, the downside is the fact you have to spend that time in that car, and that's a bummer. But also you aren't paying for it, which is good news. There's flip sides to this. But I'm sorry, let's get you something you love. Well, what he can do is, as you said, put all the miles on that, and then we can get something even older, yes. less reliable, yes. jankier, and more questionable. Incredibly questionable is valid. Because you still have a car that runs. You know the it. The beauty of having a car like that is when the, the, your classic car is up on its jack stands, mm-hmm. and you need to go to the parts store to get something, you've got a car that runs. <laughs> oh, I need a tool. How, yes. uh, oh, good. Yes. I still have a car that runs. When it's hemorrhaging all its fluids, you yes. have a way to get places, for sure. Sure, yes. Just leave it there. All right. Well, he says, the company car can be used for personal driving, but yeah, you don't want to. 
He will always love the Abarth. It was his first two-seater drop top, and driving it in the Wisconsin summers is glorious with the top down. He just feels he needs that true classic. He also sends us a highlight of some of the cars that he's owned, including a 1989 Dodge Daytona and a 92 Dodge Daytona IROC, both in manuals. He says the dome light came on when braking in the 89. <laughs> hey, you haven't lived till you've had the Maserati interior lights blink with every turn signal. There you but go. only the right turn signal. The yes. left is fine. The left was fine. The left was fine. It's like a yeah. strobe light. It's almost like it's a feature. It's fantastic, <laughs> yeah. You had a Corrado? Those were cool. G60 Those were very manual. cool. The engine blew after three weeks, but what a great three weeks. <laughs> That's most Corrado owners, right? Uh, what else? Uh, Volkswagen Jetta, a couple of BMW 3 Series. Oh, he's had a Hyundai Veloster Turbo from 2014. Mm-hmm. And then he says the 2018 Alpha Stelvio went with the Minister of Finance when she was impeached. Mm, okay. Wow. Well, it, What's it interesting <laughs> is that the only reason they had a Stelvio is because when they were buying her her car before she was out of office, <clears throat> so to speak, <laughs> that he said that an Audi was not happening. And uh-huh. they both loved the Stelvio, but the Stelvio has gone with the Minister of Finance. Yeah. Neil likes weird cars that non-car people wouldn't even know about. Something where no one else will be driving in Appleton, Wisconsin. I mean, the issue is you're going to be wrenching on that car because there will be no mm-hmm. mechanics. Probably, that is the downside. You're going to have to, I mean, that's the real question is, that's a lingering question I have for you, Neil, is if you get something weird, because I've thought of some weird ones. If you get something weird, is there somebody anywhere near you <laughs> that can help you navigate that yeah, car true. as a mechanic? Can you find somebody that is an old Italian or old European car savant that can work on them? Because I'm concerned about finding you something that never runs, and then you're annoyed with it because you can't know enough or learn enough to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that's the biggest issue. But maybe he can, mm-hmm. and maybe he'll be the go-to guy for every other owner nearby. <laughs> Neil, if he comes to discovers. That's funny. I like it. So his origin preference in this order is very important. Number one, Italian. Mm-hmm. Number two, Italian. Number three, English. Four, German. Five, Swedish. Eleven, Japanese. And twelve, American. Okay, so we're not... Uh, you know what he didn't list is Korean cars. Let's get a Korean <laughs> no car kidding. from 30 years... No, wait, that's bad. Figaro. Yeah, Let's wow. get a, one of those 30 Yikes. years old. The dream cars that are just out of reach are the Alpha Duetto Spider, a Back 550 Spider. Ooh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Launch a Delta Integrale. We know when, where there's one available in Martini Livery with a very famous paint drip on the front fender. It is part of the experience. It came from the factory with the paint drip. It's at Griot's Motors. Lancia Fulvia Zagato, Alpha GTV 2000. He says you get the idea. If you mm-hmm. had forty-five grand, the Beck Spider would likely win because it's of great value of style, cool, lightness, relative reliability. I'm with you. Beck Spiders are awesome. So here he is looking at a 70s or early 80s 124 Spider, a 1971 to 74 Alfa Romeo Spider, 58 to 61 Austin Healy Bug Eye Sprite or a Lancia Scorpion or hmm. a Monte Carlo. What is he missing out on? Things like a Porsche 914. He is willing to spend one to two thousand a year on maintenance and upkeep if needed. Brace yourself. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> is that a year or a month? What are we talking well, here? It, it's, he mentions that he expects it to be ebb and flow. I think. I think you're going to have some years where the money is sprayed at the car, <laughs> and then some years yeah. where it's like, oh, this year wasn't that bad. It ran. Yeah, it I'm having a party. Ran. It mostly <laughs> ran, yeah. 
He's, he knows there will be lean years and fat years, just as you said. Mm-hmm. And the idea of being stranded on the road for a few hours doesn't phase him at all. But good driving roads are 40 to 50 miles away, so it has to get him to the driving roads, at Hopefully, least, yes. even if it doesn't get him back. So he goes back and forth with this. He was going back to the 80s or 90s. Would doing that give him enough of that classic feeling? Mm. Like a Suzuki Cappuccino or a Fiat Barchetta. Those can be imported now. Yes, call Adam at Sotomoto in Seattle. He does that. He, he would love to entertain your call. Mm-hmm. Please tell him that we sent you and tell him what you're looking for. And he could probably do a JDM import. You know, he could probably find you any of the K cars. He's bringing amazing stuff in he now really across is. the board. It's not just JDM stuff. He's bringing in really interesting, quirky stuff. For, a lot for from sure Canada, too. Yes, for sure. Which is great. So he has always also liked the 0708 Z4 Coupe. And he says, can a car with airbags make him feel the way he wants to feel? Mm. No, a car without airbags or ABS or anything really electronic whatsoever, that's, I think, what you're looking for. But he does say, no NA Miatas, please. Mm -hmm. He's driven one, and he he says it's awesome, but it doesn't check the unique or great-looking boxes well enough. I can see that. I actually can see that. Okay, good. He loves Italians. Did he mention this? Yeah, at least once. I got the, kind of the vibe that maybe Neil wants an Italian car. Yeah, <laughs> let's work on it. He wants to, every, every time, get out of the car, stop, turn around, and stare at it. He wants to laugh at how the gas gauge doesn't work. <laughs> We've got comedy oh, coming your way, Neil. This is a license for us to name the oh, weirdness, man. but I I'm do have some, good, some actual legit ideas for you, Neil. He wants it light and chuckable. And did he mention he loves Italians? Wow. I... I, yeah, you must eat a lot of pasta. Now, let's dive right in. When you said small, light, immediately I thought of Lotus. But mm-hmm. I didn't think of modern Lotuses. I thought of the Lotus Europa from, like, 1974. Oh, sure. Those things will win the lowrider contests. All the time. the limbo contests, yep. by the way, just in We've case. We've heard about car limbo happening, and that car just wins. It's just pretty yep. much stock. It just, it's so low. Yeah, for sure. But then I've got to get all the rest of them out of my system, Neil. Like a 1974 Saab Sonnet. Crazy weirdness. How about a 68 Citroen DS21 Safari or a 1973 Matra Simca Bagheera? Yes. I thought of the Porsche 914. Mondials came to mind, but I Ooh. don't think I can get them for your budget. Mm-hmm. Adam does have one on his website right now. It's really? It's 83, mm. and it's 30-ish, high oh, wow. 30s, yeah, I that's think. that's a little out, yeah. But uh, Mondial, one of the early Mondials. Okay, so let's get actually down to something here. Could you find a Maserati Maroc or a Bora? It's funny. I thought of the Maroc, too. That, Did you really? That's out there. Good job. The I Maroc like came after the Bora, so yeah. the Bora kind of yeah. set the tone. But they were actually owned by Citroen at the time, and they did put independent suspension on it mm-hmm. finally after mm-hmm. all the competitors did. And that might be a consideration. I just I don't know how much they are. It really the, depends the on the problem, condition. It does depend on the condition. I mean, you can find the, bring a trailer versions that are wildly out of your budget. You can find mm-hmm. the ones that are in your budget. Because I looked around a little bit. You can find the ones in your budget, but then it's the what does it need. And it's a Mirage. He's which, willing. Exactly, He's which willing. most people don't even know that car exists. But yeah. I, I have it on my list, too. That's great that we both thought of that, because the Mirage is really intriguing. The MR2s, the trio of MR2s came to oh, mind. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which do you like? How about mm-hmm. the early one? Because you'd be wrenching on it, mm-hmm. but or what about a super nice uh, 2ZZ swapped Spider? Something sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody did it really well. Or any of those could do. I like your 914 idea. Mm-hmm. PMB Performance, we know those folks in Salt Lake City. 
and they have 914s galore. I think they've got 10 of them. They wow. specialize yeah. in 914s, primarily brake caliper rebuilds, but they're doing more stuff there. That could be an option. Hmm. But the car that I think you should investigate and spend a little bit more money, because it's me, <laughs> is the 1992 Ford Escort RS Cosworth. Oh, wow. I'm taking you down the rally route. That's an intriguing one. Now, I found an Escort RS in Florida with 60,000 miles. It's not the Cosworth, but it was 13.9. Okay. And that was from SV Classic Cars. They've got okay. loads of what you're looking for, Neil. Loads of varied, interesting, quirky, you've never heard of this. That, that's mm-hmm. where I saw the Matra. thought, that's what Neil needs. Nope, that's <laughs> no, not what Neil needs. <laughs> But then yeah. I thought, how about the Cosworth version, you know, with the double wing on yeah, the back amazing. of the Escort? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That would be a cool car. Yeah, it would. It would mostly run. The problem is most of them sell for thirty to $50,000. Yeah, they're really sought after. You have a $20,000 budget. Yeah. Can we bump that up for ten, fifteen? <laughs> and I'm asking because that one to 2000 a year in maintenance, maybe it's less. Maybe you're spending mm-hmm. more on a better car up front, but it's still unique and yeah. would run. yeah. Escort Cosworth because then people will, they will bow down uh-huh. when they yeah. see the Cosworth badge. Yep. They think, you know what you've got, my friend. You are enthusiast of the, who are you? I want to you know, pick your brain. The Cosworth, the RS Cosworth. Look at you. That's a good place That's to go. That's where I went. I do like this. Neil, mm, that, wow, Paul's got some great stuff already. I've got a few others I want to run through, but I'm, let's, let's take a, a reality check here real quick. <laughs> Are you we want, in reality? You want a classic car. Yeah, yeah. You want an old enough classic car that I, I just want to float this. Classic in what you're talking about is a euphemism for does not run. Okay? Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah. you, you can get ones that run, but, but keep this in mind as well. The ones that run are the really expensive ones. And they've been that touched are properly by properly sorted. Yeah. So if yeah. you buy a $20,000 1960 or 70 quirky, unique car, I don't know how much it's going to actually run. So I just, I, I'm not saying don't do this, but I'm just saying... Just, it's got the escape. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I'm just saying, just be cautious of this. I also want to suggest this to you, because Paul's driving that 1983 928. And I'm driving a 1991 300ZX as our cars from the past. I think you'll be surprised at how classic those feel. Yeah. We didn't go back to the 60s and 70s. We went back to the 80s and 90s, the yeah. Radwood era stuff. I, when I drive it, I am consistently surprised at how classic it feels, how from another era it feels. We are 30 years from those cars, and it feels Every bit of that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take away their enjoyment, but it feels like they are old. It feels like they are, and I don't. And I actually mean that as a compliment here, because you're looking for a classic. It feels like, oh my gosh, we don't have this anymore. But it's a car from the 80s or 90s. That doesn't yeah. feel old. So I don't know you have to go back that far. I love your Alpha Spider idea, but don't do 60s and 70s. That's Do the 80s. That's do the, a yikes Do the moment. late yeah. 80s, early 90s, when they finally just barely left the market. But those were, at that point... Kind of sorted, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's a more modern car with some more modern features. I don't think it's going to not have the feel you want because it got up into the eighties and nineties. So consider that. Which brings us back to that MR two you were bringing up, Paul. I mean, I think that era of stuff is really good. You'd like a Beck five fifty Spider, and I think that's awesome and very cool. But awesome. have you considered the three fifty six replica? 
The vintage Speedster or the Beck 356. I mean, this is not the actual 356s, which go for money that makes no sense to me. <laughs> but okay. But $400,000 for an original. Seriously. But with yeah. your money, get yourself... Watch our, our Pacific Coast Highway piece. We drove that mm. and, the, and the Shelby, uh, right. the, the Daytona replica, okay? That 356 surprised both of us. Now, it's not... I'll be honest with you. It's not my thing. It mm-hmm. really isn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm too big for the car. But you won't be too big for the car. And I think it is your affordable entrance into what you want that 550 Spider to be. That's a good idea. And I, and I, so I think, I think 356 <clears throat> is maybe your thing. I thought of this. Triumph TR7 convertible. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You will never see another one. There was one that came to Cars and Coffee in Park oh. City a couple times, and I could not believe it. And this dad was teaching his 16-year-old daughter to drive it. And I was like, you are my new hero. You're, the you're in Park City. had the V8? I don't remember. I but you're, remember. But you're in Park City in a TR7 convertible manual, and your daughter's learning to drive. I, he was my, cool he was my hero for the day, for yeah. sure. So Triumph TR7 is cool. You brought up the Alpha Maroc, which I like. Maserati Maroc, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, th- th- sorry, thank you, yeah, thank you. And that also made me think of the Alpha uh, GTV, which you mentioned the 2000, but my, my thinking is just any GTV from the 70s. I had a, a friend of mine in high school that had one. His dad worked for the local Alpha dealer in Houston right before they closed. Oh, man. And he got his son an old GTV, and it was by far the coolest car in the parking lot, but I think once a month... This guy, Bill, wasn't in the GTV, was in some other family car, because guess what? It was back in the shop. Amazing. But it was beautiful, and, and I liked it, but I, I, wasn't, I didn't fully connect with it at the time. I think the me from now would just be like, I just want to have your car all the time. It was really, really cool. So those mm-hmm. are fun. Mm-hmm. But a car that I think may check every box, and it's not on your radar right now, and you walked near it, but you didn't get there quite. And this is my last one for you, Neil. It's not Italian. But it has styling that you're going to... If you like it at all, you're just going to be like, that's my car, I can't believe it, in that Italian way. Okay. okay. You're never going to see another one. And the number one reason I don't like them is because I simply do not fit. But you will. Okay. AutoZam AZ1. Yeah, that's awesome. With the gullwing doors... That Because I'll tell you right now, Neil, honestly, I like that thing enough that if I fit, I would buy one. I really, really liked that car. It spoke to me in all of those quirky, fun, ridiculous ways <laughs> that I like a car to be. It That's was awesome. fantastic looking. It was light. It was interesting. It was fun to drive. It was the weirdest thing in the parking lot everywhere you went. It was pretty but, cool. But I am cool. I'm like Sasquatch in Barbie's Corvette in that thing. I am <laughs> way too big. When I first sat in it, Adam... At Sotomoto, was actually a little guy. And when I sat down in the AZ1, he got this really concerned look on his face. And he said, <laughs> um, let's see if we can get the door closed. Yeah. And it barely fit. Yeah. It was, so you it at 5'9 are going to have no issues. And you're going to like that car. And, and literally, the thing that keeps me from owning one is the fact that I simply do not fit. Hmm. So I think hmm. you need to take a look at the AutoZam AZ1 and be the coolest kid in class. I, those are so fun. Those are cool. Actually, they look like a little Ferrari when they're cruising around. They, they look like nothing else. They, they don't look Japanese, to my Everybody eye. looks at that and goes, what is that yeah. thing? And, and we talked about it in our episode. We drove those cars. Yeah. The, the Cappuccino 
is surprisingly stealth for being a car that it nobody knows so what it is. It was so fun. It's very fun, it was but it looks enough like a Miata that you just mm-hmm. don't notice. But the AZ1 is, I don't care what you're driving, everybody's looking at that car going, what is that And it's thing? so tiny. Yes. That, you know, it's got that yes. going for it. I think that's, hmm. that's the weird wild card there, Neil, that just might work. And I think it will run, too. It'll run, and that's the thing. I mean, we acknowledge the Italians, but do you have to get the Italian car just to do it? You know, I'm wondering, is that a, a third car? Is that a fourth car? You know what I mean? Down the road, and you, mm-hmm. you save that for the project. You're working on it yourself. You're getting to it as you can, and it'll be the showpiece for you later on because all the things from those old cars... Like tire sizes, mm-hmm. 14-inch tires, 15-inch tires. Yeah, good 16s luck. 16s are hard to find. 17s are the new 15s. You're right. You're so right. That's yeah. just modern, mm-hmm. I need tires at my local tire shop kind yep. of thing. And they'll look at you strangely. Windshields. You get a cracked windshield. Oh, Ooh, man. We found out that AZ1 was three grand for a windshield because right. no one has them. Right. I may have just talked you out of you, that car. You can anyway. import them. Yeah. You can get them. They're just $3,000 yeah. in this little tiny piece of glass. So those are my concerns for the really old Italian stuff mm-hmm. that's so obscure that ah, just the regular parts that do wear out, tires, windshields, Mm-hmm. You know, little things like that, just yeah, bulbs. Be, where you'd you be get shocked stuff. how hard it is to get 15 or 16 inch tires. Yeah, it's that's, really that's my biggest concern. There's one I actually forgot to mention while we we're talking, and it's my other wild card for you, Neil. I should mention it here real quick, and that is the 1970s Opel GT. There aren't very many. Those around, are cool, but they look kind of like a 1970s version of the first 86. Did you think about that? Yeah, the styling okay. is similar, okay. but you just don't see those cars. The last time I saw one, it was beat. But they just attract attention. Yeah. So if you could find yeah. it, and they're not, and they're, they're not, tiny. they are little, but they're not, but they're not tiny. unusably small. And the thing is, they haven't turned. They haven't turned to be like the oh, those are flying up. They're just they're right. out there for the right. people that want to find them. Okay. So an Opel GT could be an interesting oddball here too. It's going to take a lot more love than that AZ1 though. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, if you've got a debate like Neil's or any debate, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Topic Tuesdays, car debates, car conclusions, and you definitely are. We really appreciate it. We need to get back to some car conclusions very soon because you guys are letting us know, and that is fantastic. But yes, classic cars, we're not trying to play stump the chump. We're just saying we like challenges. We like, Mm -hmm. you know branching out into classic cars and, and just having the freedom to talk about these cars yeah. because they do fit somebody's need. I just I love it. Neil, thank you for your email. You're going to have to have the need to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Paul tells me I'm always supposed to wash a car in a cool, shady spot. I don't always do that well, but I do use the Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer, or actually I use the Boss Foam Cannon from Griot's Garage. You have to use this. It's awesome. If you're a person like me who's not good at this, it makes it far easier. You create a high foam blizzard right in your driveway with little to no work, which I really like. You avoid wash-induced scratches. It is the safest way to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. Griot's also has a full ceramic family of products, including Speedshine, Wash & Coat, and 3-in-1 Wax. All Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. 
Daniel writes in from Virginia and says he loves wagons. That reminds me, we're actually in L.A. doing a very quick, like, in-and-out shoot for, uh, for season 10. We're shooting, I have to say it, the Honda Civic Si, the brand-new one, versus mm-hmm. the Mark 8 GTI, which we haven't driven until this trip. We're very excited about this Comparo. That'll be episode 4 of season 10. That is happening. We're excited. We were picking up the press car tonight, and lurking in the corner was a black with silver accented Audi RS6. And Smoke. we were just drawn to that car and walked around it for a few minutes. Had it had like a caramel interior. It looked really, really mean and yeah. great. So Daniel likes wagons. He's, a, he's uh, got a small family living in Virginia himself, his wife, a tall teenager, and two medium dogs. Family car is a 2013 140,000-mile Prius. Yay! And the fun car is an Audi A3. Uh, he's realizing that... The Prius is probably going to go to that tall teenager. The Minister of Finance typically drives the A3, but the A3 is probably going to go. That's where the fun starts. Daniel, you know how we all have those fun stories about your first car? You're perpetuating that because your son will say, Thanks, Mom and Dad, for giving me the Prius. Yeah. Hey, what, what car did you have? You know, your first car. I got a Prius. I got a Prius. Beat it down. Yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. Well, right now, Daniel drives the Prius. Minister of Finance drives the A3. She is the breadwinner, works full-time. Daniel works part-time, and he's the homemaker. Now, his son is 13, so he'll need a car in a few years, and they bought this Prius seven years ago before they knew anything about cars and before he caught the disease. And meanwhile, his wife has kind of come along, too. She's not, she doesn't have a full-blown case of the disease, <laughs> but she's following along going, yeah, this is kind of cool, too. <clears throat> right, right. Their thoughts are that they should sell the A3 now, while it's still under 100,000 miles, mm-hmm. and let their son inherit the Prius as the first car. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> so they'll need to acquire two cars. Like that. Now, she really wants an electric vehicle, but would accept the right plug-in or hybrid, and currently she's lusting after the Mustang Mach-E with a budget of 50000 I say go drive one. If you haven't already, go drive one. And, by the way, Daniel... Our triple electric SUV comparison, comparing the Tesla Model Y, the Volkswagen ID4, and that Mach-E is mm-hmm. up on YouTube right now. It just yep. dropped uh, just a few days ago. So check that out. We like that Mustang Mach-E. The Mustang part of it is it continues to be debatable. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, we came away going, this is... Better than you might think. We don't like it because they called it a Mustang. No. The fact no. that it's a Mustang has got people talking about it, but that's really, really not the point. Yeah. If you approach it not from a this is a Mustang standpoint, much like mm-hmm. you could approach Porsche 996 from, well, it's not you know the most amazing Porsche ever, but as a sports car, Sure, this is great. That's a, that's a good comparison. That I do kind like of that. thinking. That's excellent. Yep. All right. So he wants a reasonably reliable and comfortable used car that has decent dynamics. He would prefer a wagon, but won't turn up his nose at a sedan. That's a good thing. The Acura TSX wagon from 2011 and 2012 is one of those few that come to mind. Mm-hmm. He says maybe a Mazda 3, but the sedans he's considered are the Mazda 6 and the Accord with a budget of $15,000. Okay, like no it. No SUVs, no CUVs. But he says if the Minister of Finance gets a Mach-E, that would, of course, check the practicality box. Mm-hmm. The whole family could fit in it, certainly more than the A3. Yeah, for sure. But where does he go from here? Now, he has learned to wrench on the Toyota, but he says just beginner stuff, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Air filters, oil yeah, changes, yeah, yeah. sway bar links, tire rotation. That's actually pretty good, Daniel. Yeah, I'm good impressed. For you. Yeah. So, what are we looking for? I've got ideas for you, and I love that mm. you want a wagon, and I think we can get you into a wagon. 
mostly. Uh, you know, I started out looking at Jaguar XF Sport brakes, thinking fifteen thousand. Nope, fifty. Nope. Darn it, <laughs> not going to happen. Yep. Dang. Yep. They're forty-eight, forty-nine thousand dollars. But let's say you just wanted to spend as much money as your wife is spending on her <laughs> Mach-E, you could get a sweet XF Sport brake for about the same money. Just saying, they're beautiful. They're unique. You don't see them everywhere. You can fit in it. What a unique combination. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I'll stick to close-ish to the budget. Okay, good. I thought... I I liked your TSX Sport Wagon. Those are within your budget. They are cool. 2011, 2012. Cadillac CTS Wagon, you can't get the V. Nope. Do you like the styling enough, and can you live with the Q system Mm -hmm. from This is a question. Past decade. But you could also look at the mid-2000s, the BMW E90 generation wagons. Those are still... Those are rare, enough. but they're cool. They are. If you search hard enough, you might be able to find a manual if you want one. Mm-hmm. And those are they're great looking. They are surprisingly cool. I they're haven't beautiful. seen one in forever, but they're yeah. very cool. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing when you you know enthusiasts see a Jaguar XF Sport Brake, they just lose their minds. Same thing with the older BMWs that didn't cost a whole lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is a true enthusiast. However, the cars that I think you should pursue, based upon your growing wrenching abilities and based upon my thinking that enthusiasts perpetuate cars just Mm. by owning them regardless if they have high miles or not that is the 1995 to 1996 volvo 850 t5r wagon look at you the box the bread van that they raced the one that really makes enthusiasts Freak yeah, out people like, when they where see that come from? You will win Radwood with that car, yeah. Here's the deal. Daniel, I found a 1996 sedan, 850R, with 154,000 miles hmm. for $15,998, so $16,000. Now, you might turn up your nose because it's got 154,000 miles. However, those special cars are usually better cared for That's a fair throughout point. their lives. They're driven hard, but they're better cared for That's a fair point. because of their specialness, their uniqueness. They're a high-performance car. They're not just your average Accord and Mazda 6 that's been driven, beat on, and here it is. It's a low price. They're special. They're high miles, but they're designed for high miles. Mm. 154. When you look at in context of many Volvos that have 200, 250, 400,000 miles... 154 doesn't look too bad at this point, especially if it's been maintained. This yeah, one is in yeah. red with those black wheels. They're beautiful. They came in that, that buttercup yellow for a while. <laughs> Must we? <laughs> oh, they're just, okay. they're cool, and they're vintage. I, if you could pull it off, if you wanted to, and look at it this way, because further up here in your email, you said you work part-time and you're the homemaker. It's not like you're going to be piling the commute miles on them. True, true, true. You'll take it out for fun drives. They'll run great. And I think those cars, parts will be in high demand. And the reason I say this is I, I don't know what Volvo does. But I found out at any Porsche dealer, you can walk in and order any part for any Porsche going it's back craziness. to the 356s right there on the parts manager's desktop computer. They're crazy. Wall- they just look through their, their catalog and say... Here's well, the sure. price. <laughs> Here's the price. You know, it's going to take a long time, mm-hmm. but we can get it for you. Do you want to buy it? And that's amazing support. I don't know what Volvo's support is. Yeah. But yeah. I know the community still is huge around those cars. People love those cars. So I'm just asking you, 
if you're working part time, could you rock an 850R sedan or mm. wagon and just be the man? That's interesting. For 15 or 16 grand. All right. All right. That's my That's choice good. for you. That's really good. Daniel, I love that you both have the disease. I love that you've, <laughs> yeah. you've been stricken with a major case and your wife's going, so what's this? What are we doing? Let's get excited. <laughs> what's all this thing? I think that's wonderful. I hope that your son drives the Prius and then appreciates cars beyond that. Mm-hmm. But I also think he drives the Prius. Look, there was a stat for a while in Los Angeles, where actually in Los Angeles, so it makes me think of it, where a brand-new 16-year-old driver had a more than 50% chance of having a major wreck in the first year. That's a scary stat for parents everywhere. So the Prius may be perfect. We'll see where that goes. I like that your wife is very much considering the Mach E. I think that is a great solve. I love that solve for her for fifty grand. I do want to note: you said how much you hate SUVs. Technically, that (laughs) Mach E is one. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think you take it out of consideration. I think the fact that you like it, you should actually go look at look at it. And let's be honest, it's that SUV in the modern definition. It is more large lifted hatchback than it is SUV. I think that's a great call. But she really should cross shop that with the Tesla Model Three. Okay, it's the most accessible car they make. Don't get the Model Y. Get the Model Three or a used Model S. I still think the Model S is the best car they make. Yeah. And yeah. you could get a Model S that's a few years old, doesn't have huge range, but those those are excellent. I really, really like the Model S. And I'm not talking about the new latest and greatest plaid, whatever, platinum version. The Model S is just, it, it's been their workhorse car. Platinum, Tartan, Hounds too. Seriously. It what are we driving? All of the above. <laughs> so I really think she should look at those two Teslas because they are worth it. And it's a great cross-shop comparison to the Mach-E hmm. to see the difference in how they're being done and to see what really connects with her. Where I'm confused, Daniel, is the fact that your wife is going to go get the practical car. It's EV and it's big. And I understand that. You still come back to, I still want a wagon. Now, look, we're automotive journalists. We're supposed to love wagons, and they're cool. But you don't need a wagon. Don't need a wagon. He might just want it. I'm confused as to why wagons are the thing. So what that made me think about was, what about work more in the front-wheel drive hatchback world for something a little more fun. Because, oh, look, the, okay. the, the TSX is cool, but you don't need that car. If your wife gets the big SUV or the, the Model 3 or something like that, there's your family car. So I went a few places. Now, you've said fifteen grand. i will be honest, I went above that budget on a few of these because I think they're good and you're going to like them. Plus, I'm trying to find an alt to the electric car you have. Mm. What about a Veloster N? I'm talking used now. Truthfully, you aren't going to find one of those for below about twenty. They're hot. Above your budget, they're but great. they're great. It, it is. It's the three door quirky wagon. Okay, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, yeah. What about the Mercedes GLA AMG 45? Sure, sure. That is honestly, that's a hot hatchback. It's not an SUV in spite of how they build it. That is a worthwhile one. Look at the Mini Cooper. The Mini That's Cooper good. is a wagon. I had my back seats removed on mine, and it made it a total little bread van. <laughs> if that's not enough space for you, look at the Mini Clubman. You don't see a ton of those. They have the Mini Dynamics in a more traditional wagon shape. You can sometimes get the barn doors on them. Mini Clubman might be the fun. That's for all you. wagony and everything. Isn't that fun? Yeah. It's little. It's little because what I want for you, Neil, is, uh, Daniel, is I want I want you to have something that really elevates your desire to want to drive and be fun. I want to get you into something with good driving dynamics, and that's not typically a big wagon. So that's why I really wonder about that Mini or maybe just a Clubman 
and enjoy it there. I, I, I kind of am landing there. I mean, I like things like going away from wagons. I like the Genesis G70 and the Alpha Julia, and I think you'd, you would really benefit from owning a rear-wheel drive car and having mm-hmm. that experience. Mm-hmm. I like that for you very much, but I don't know that you're going to find anything in your budget. But minis, they're out there, man. So I, I'm kind of going to land there. I love it. Daniel, write to us with your decision, whatever you get, and send pictures of your wife's new Mustang Mach-E. Yeah, whatever it is. We're big fans of Haggerty, and you've heard us talk about Haggerty. But I don't think we've mentioned this new offering they announced late last year, Garage and Social. It's like a big, fun clubhouse for car lovers. Each physical location offers climate-controlled storage, complete vehicle maintenance and service, plus tons of events and experiences exclusively for their members. You don't even have to own a car to be part of this club. They've got social memberships available that give people all the perks without the storage. There are many locations already, Chicago, New York, Delray Beach in Florida, and Miami, too. And they're not slowing down, either. They're announcing new locations all the time. We're just waiting for the announcement that they're opening a Park City location, hopefully soon. Learn more about this exclusive car club and storage facility at garageandsocial.com. Ghosty Miata asks, If Lotus and Porsche offered to repaint our cars for free with any factory color, would you, and what color? Well, ruby red with gold wheels, we're of done. Of course you would. Of Have you seen you a Cayman with, in ruby red? Yeah, it's a good Bringing good back call. the 80s colors. It's a good call. I, you know what? I actually love the yellow on my Elise, and it desperately needs to be repainted. So my easy answer is <laughs> it needs a repaint in the same one it is. The one that I have, there's a couple of different yellows. The, one, the yellow that I have has some blue flake in it. You get it out in the sunlight. Oh, does it? And it's got a little bit of a shine to it that there's a different yellow they have, and I forget the two different names. Different yellow they have that doesn't have that off-color flake in it. It isn't nearly as interesting. Hmm. Now, my paint is beat on, so it probably needs to be repainted. However, the Krypton green that they did... Oh, I loved that. Do you really? I do really like that. I didn't that. know that. I, I would totally go with that. You just don't see very many of those. I mean, that's that a would be really flavor. fun as well. Absolutely. like it. Ted Theologan, hey, party on Ted. He said, <clears throat> road trip to Alaska in a sports car. Great idea or greatest idea? Ted, Ted, my wow. friend, this is so under my skin. I have been talking about this for years. You know what? Bonus points, Ted. Let's go in the winter. I, I just, I would love to do. If you're going, man, let me know. I may go with you because I would love to do this. I think doing it is fantastic. Tom Ford, who is an amazing British automotive writer, a few years ago for Top Gear magazine, did a piece right when the latest Indy Miata came out. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. picked it up in Anchorage. I don't know how he had negotiated that, but he picked it up in Anchorage. And he drove it to the Arctic Circle, where it's just ice road truckers and him, a Mazda Miata. And he forced himself to keep the top down the whole time. He didn't like the fall. It was a brutal trip. But he did I did mention some regret about totally. forcing himself to keep the top I down. I read that article and just thought, that, that sounds fantastic. And the idea of doing the Alcan Highway. Now, the problem, there are multiple, but the problem with the Alcan Highway is it's like 3,500 miles, buddy. It's a long, it's a long way. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a long way through much of anything. So I am so intrigued by this idea. I love that you're thinking about it. There's a guy, 
<laughs> that I we actually follow on Instagram. I believe it's I believe it's Brian's questionable decisions. Yeah, with the Ferrari. He's driving a. Th- it's, I think it's a three twenty eight. It's not a three hundred eight. I think it's three twenty eight. Yeah, he's so. driving a Ferrari three twenty eight everywhere, and he's done Alcan Highway, and he's done all of the stuff you would never imagine a Ferrari. He's got a roof rack on the top. He fixed it on the side of the road. Follow him because his stuff is fascinating. And really it just is. makes me want to go even more. <laughs> Where do we go in, Ted? Where are we going? I mean, the winter, I'm not convinced, but I'd, I'd do it. The summer, my family has actually done it. Everybody has done it. My dad used to live in Alaska for a long time. He lived there 15 years, and he did it with his boss. They owned an aviation insurance company there. And his boss bought a Z4. I remember. And they did the whole Alcan down to Vancouver and then drove it all the way back up. And the, the Alcan doesn't actually start until uh, like Prince white George fish, or white something. Horse, something like that, something up it's, there. It's way up there until yeah. it actually starts. So you're you know, still driving a long way until the official road man, starts. Oh man. But they did it together, and he got it up to 120, and they you know, were hitting the frost heaves at that speed. Like, Dad, I didn't know this. You, you were I doing so that? I so want to do this. It's amazing. That just sounds awesome. So I'd, I'd do it. I'd like to do it, you know, summer, spring, fall, <laughs> winter, just, I don't know. I'm not, there's just, there's that know. ridiculous part of me, and you and I have talked about it before. Yeah. There's that ridiculous part of me that wants to be the guy that pulls up in the sports car after dark and rolls into the side, the roadhouse. <laughs> well, it's side always thing. dark. Exactly. And, and everybody else is there in big SUVs and whatever. And yes, yeah. I'm the guy in the sports car. I just want to have that experience, but I'm a little little nuts. <laughs> Damn it, Patton has one of those questions that's almost fighting words. Mm-hmm. He says, when you encounter someone who's driving, he says, let's say automotively challenged. So, so let's just put it put a pin on it. They're driving terribly. You encounter somebody on the road and they're driving terribly. They're outside the lines. They're driving erratically. Whatever. What kind of person are you? Are you a stay back and keep your distance? Or are you a pass and put some distance between you and them kind of person? Damn it, Patton, my answer here is always to pass. Because my concern is if they're going to cause a problem in front of me, if they're going to run into something or cause a problem, then they're going to pile up everybody behind them. I don't want anything to do with that person causing an issue. So yep. I'm going to look for my yep. opportunity to get around because, of course, this is the flip side. You can't control another person's driving. You can't make them drive well. And you giving them distance isn't going to necessarily improve their driving. So the hard part with a situation when it gets really bad is how can you find a comfortable place to pass, a, a safe place to pass that person, depending on how erratic they're being. The other thing I find horrifying is how often when you pass this person, it is because they are looking at their phone. Yeah, I hate to say that. That just grinds me. Let's see. Peter, are you there? Says, it sounds like Porsche might be developing a bigger SUV up from the Cayenne. Thoughts, wish list, rants? Well, my rant is, what object bigger than the space shuttle needed towing? <laughs> what, nice. What, Good reference. You're what right. We, You're what right. needs towing? Something right. needs towing that that's needs funny. a bigger portion. What are we going to do with the diesel? Yeah, oh, that's very and funny. And they did it with like the that. diesel yeah. that's and good. The, that's very everything. Funny. But come on. They're responding to the market. And I realized... I, I know car companies have done this since the late 20s when Har- Harley Earl... Invented, reinvented cars as an object of desire, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they morphed into, you know, how does it fit family needs? But it just seems like the buyer, there, there aren't very many car companies dictating what they think people should buy. 
It's mm. completely opposite nowadays. Porsche, kind of, because it's sort of like, here's a 911, you want a 911, have a 911. Here we have a 911. For They're you, great, yes. you know, mm-hmm. but it just seems like consumers these days are, stop buying white cars and stop buying white Outbacks, you know. Yeah. There, there's yeah. other things out there. There really are. Mm-hmm. But the, the buying habits are so strong that car manufacturers can't scramble fast enough to build, well, they want a seven-passenger SUV. We don't have anything like that. We don't even have a platform. We're going to have to go to Audi mm-hmm. to go over there and get theirs because I know the, the, well, the big ones are coming. The Atlas Q7 Urus, it's, it's all yeah. the same platform. Let's just make our seven-seater version of that for Porsche. Yay! Ferrari is fallen victim to this with the Puro Sang yeah. SUV. Yep. They have said for years, we're never doing an SUV. And then the market moved, Uh and that's what people are buying. And if you want to stay in business and make any money, guess what you're going to build? Well, and let's be honest. The SUV saved Porsche. It did. did. You're right. So them considering, and the Macan, when they introduced that, the the smaller Cayenne, instantly became their best-selling car, above everything else. Yeah. So as much as I hate this... You know what I mean? It was, There's there, a there segment were, of the market that is going to buy a seven-seat Cayenne, whatever they're going to call that, the Cayenne XL. What is it going to be? I, but they'll buy it. Just it's going to be another spicy name. Seats. You know it. Woohoo! But yeah, I I just think car companies are almost victims to customers, and that's why the GR86 feels so refreshing to me mm-hmm. because it's oh, like yeah. Toyota. They do all the rest of the stuff oh, yeah. and respond to market mm-hmm. forces. Yep. But now they're just giving it to you, offering it on sale. The Supra too. We did it. Mm-hmm. Buy it or don't. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And they've set. This is the thing that really surprised me because Toyota was talking with us about their sales targets for the Supra, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and telling us that the sales targets were low enough that they're hitting them. Yeah, the car is selling every bit as well as they wanted it and needed it too. <laughs> yeah, they set. Very realistic sales targets for, and clearly they set them for the FRS too because we have a second gen. Right. No part of me, genuinely, no part of me thought that car was going to sell well enough to get a second gen. I thought it was going to be one generation and done with the 86. I am Mm -hmm. amazed we have a second gen and the amount of development dollars they've done on it because they set realistic expectations of it doesn't need to be a halo car as far as sales are concerned, but we want to have something in our market that mm-hmm. says, look at us, we care about driving. I, that's worth applauding, that for sure. That feels so refreshing to me. Riley likes cars. I'm helping a friend of mine pick up a 2015 Mercedes S63 AMG from Burbank. Very cool. And driving it back to Boise, Idaho. Is it too cold to drive it through the Angeles Crest Forest or through Vegas on all seasons? Any recommendations for the long drive? You're fine on those tires. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely fine. Look, it's, it's also been a really dry winter so far. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's been a very warm winter so far. We're in Los Angeles. We're expecting here in early December to be shooting in T-shirts at 75-degree weather. So between here and Boise, yeah, you're going to find cold, but you're on all seasons. If you told me we were on, like, you were on major like summer performance tires, oh, yeah. maybe there's some caution. But you on all seasons the whole way. Plus, Angeles Crest Forest, what you're going to wish is you had some more high-performance tires. The all seasons are going to be fine. You're not going to have any problems. You're just not going to be able to. You're going to hear them screaming. I guarantee you. I think you're going to have a great drive. The question is just, how much time do you have? Because if you have time, then you shouldn't take 15 up and get home. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. should go up 
through Vegas, and then you should drop at, at St. George in Utah. You should come up to the center of Utah and do Highway 12 and take time coming up through oh, Utah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. don't do the 15, but that's going to take you a couple more days to do that. So if you've got more time, what you do is you get off the major interstate, you take the squiggles, you'll have a great time, and southern Utah is still going to be plenty warm for that. Totally. But it's yeah. just going to depend on your time frame. Barrett Jero asks, if we believe in buying a car you cherish could be a mistake. Mm. Don't meet your heroes. If so, how do we all determine where to draw the line? I thought that the cars that we cherished only became cherished objects by virtue of owning them before. How do we know Mm, that we cherished a car unless we owned it already? That's why these cars of the past are back in our lives, because we did cherish them. Mm -hmm. You didn't know that when you bought the Z. You thought it would be a fun sports car, I'll have it for a year or two, get rid of it, move on to something else. But I think he's talking poster cars. Do you buy the cars you always dreamed of? Certainly. Of course, it depends on budget. Yeah. Ah, that's a tough one, because sitting in a a DeLorean is not a good experience. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to drive it. Mm -hmm. Sitting in many of the mid-'80s Ferraris is an uncomfortable, sticky, nasty experience. And I say <laughs> sticky because of the buttons. You all know the about buttons the buttons. Bad. Oh, yeah. And there's mm-hmm. people who have a business just replacing buttons in F-355s. Like, you can make a living doing that. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think you definitely drawing the line that you definitely have to drive it. You definitely have to know because you'll think, this is the best thing ever. Have you ever sat in a BMW M1? Mm. An M1. From the late 70s, early 80s. That thing is weird. It's small. It's uncomfortable inside. It's a boxy instrument panel. Yeah, yeah. Driving the Lamborghini Countach was less of a fun experience than watching it on the freeway and being behind it. Mm, Sure. The people looking at it and moving were having more fun than driving. Now... The one we drove, we didn't exactly dip into high RPM because we the were limited was with us. by the by the owner. Yes, we, we were. didn't thrash on it, and I'm sure it's a lot of fun to you know all the thrashing mechanics. But it is, but it, but you are aware of the fact that you're entertaining everyone else when you yes, drive that car because it's you're uncomfortable. Yeah, you're watching. Clear. You're you know freaking out. Okay, don't get yeah, too yeah. close. You know, you're just totally. hyper aware. So it very much depends on the car, but ultimately you've got to drive it before you even make a decision. You've got to get seat time because you might come away thinking, what a wonderful object for other people to own, for mm-hmm. me to still look at on my poster wall. You know, I, yeah. I don't want to drive it. You've got to get some driving experience in it. And I other thing, the other thing I think that is a draw-the-line thing is, let's say you drive this hero car and you still like it mm-hmm. and you want to buy it. Mm-hmm. The question to ask yourself is, Will you actually drive it? Right. Or will you put it in your garage and be excited you have it and then constantly... Because here's how you know that you have a problem problem with not <laughs> yeah. driving it. Is if you're prone to make excuses for why you shouldn't take it. Right. You have somewhere you right. need to go in your car. In a car. And you have your dream car sitting in the garage. The poster car is sitting in your garage and you need to go get milk. And you go, yeah, but I shouldn't take that car because... That's a problem because that mm-hmm. excuse keeps becoming larger. And then there's never a reason to take that car. And now that's a car you shouldn't own. Yeah. If you yeah. think, and, and look, I'll, I'll point the finger right back at me. When it is summertime, there are times when I'm going to go do something and I, and I could take the Lotus and I don't. And nine times out of ten when I don't, I just think, why didn't I take the Lotus? Sure. What excuse did I make? Sure. I love that car. Well, I'm going to get drive through You know what? That's harder in the Lotus. <laughs> but okay, 
Let's take the Lotus. So they have to reach way down. It's, it's funny. You have anyway. to rev the engine to let them know you're under the exactly. window. Hi, excuse me. I'm down, down here. here. Hello, yes, just, way, way down here. Just Please drop keep in the food. Yep, exactly. I'm, I'm the one looking at the, uh, the rear axle of the SUV in front of me. Dammy asks a cool question. He says, the F-Type is his attainable dream car. Even though he thinks the first gen looks better than, than the refresh, he thinks it's pretty. He's, he doesn't know that he'll ever be able to get one, which brings him to affordable alts. And a great question. He says, the first gen, 2012 to 2014 Hyundai Genesis 5-liter V8 R-Spec. Oh. Is this an affordable alt to the Pontiac G8 or Chevy SS? He, he acknowledges that he knows it's not quite the handling car of those. This was the weird bridge era for Genesis, mm-hmm. when they were still the Hyundai Genesis. They made that, mm, okay. I think this is a really intriguing alt. The question I have for you, Dammy, is because that was the bridge era, what do those cars feel like now? Have you been in one? I haven't been in one that is that, that, is that old. I mean, we're talking six to almost ten years old now. How have they hold, held up? Because I feel like that era of Hyundai was definitely an era, and people still accuse them of this, where really good new, but 40,000 miles, they felt like 80,000. Oh, so oh, sure. what kind of shape are those cars in after the years and miles? And if they've held up pretty well, I think that is a fantastic alt, man. That's a really cool thought. Eric P. asks if he should let paint color cloud his car shopping. Mm. He greatly prefers red, but should he also look for yellow or orange or any other cool colors? Is he holding himself back from finding a good deal? He doesn't want any monochrome colors in his garage. Bravo. We applaud you. Love it. I think maybe a, a bit, because especially in today's car market, the color you want might not be for sale. Mm-hmm. You, you're finding a great deal, and it's white. And it's everything I've wanted, and it's white. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Wraps. Wraps are the answer. Sure, that's possible, yeah. Three to $6,000, depending on the car, depending on who mm-hmm. does it, the size. But otherwise, that's your solve. And what a great time you could have picking out the new color for your wrap. Sure, yeah, that's possible. And you can change wraps. I mean, I know it's expensive, but nevertheless, you can change in three to five years or something like that. But nevertheless, I think wraps are a legitimate solution to getting the car. If if you see a deal, it's the right one, and Mm -hmm. the paint color is the only tick in your mind that, I'm almost there. What if you wrapped it? Mm. That could solve a lot. That's interesting, Eric. I actually thought about this question, too, because I think, I think what you have to do, and I say this just coming from my personal approach here, I think you have to have the palettes you're okay with. I mean, look, I understand. If you don't want a, and I'm this way, you don't want a silver car, you don't want a gray car, you don't want a white car, those are out. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to buy one of those. I get it. But then I typically have three or four colors that I find that I like on a car. And I'll give you an example. When I bought my Elise, I actually don't like the Elise in red. Hmm. But I was perfectly happy with Krypton green, or their blue, or their, they've got like a wine Bordeaux color. Yeah, it was very eggplanty. Or, of course, yellow. Yeah. And I got the yellow. And I was perfectly happy with the car in any of those colors and would sure. happily have bought it. 
you're only looking for red. I think you've got to go, do I like it in any other colors? When I looked at my Z car, I found a blue one I really liked, but they're very rare. And the blue one that I found, I was kind of was a bit suspect. Yeah, I was sketchy. So then yeah. I saw this red one, and the red is not my favorite color on the Z, but it's also the car, that, the color that is most iconic on that car. And I thought, that's a car I'll get in red. Sure. So I went with it in red, even though my first choice was actually something else. I think you've got to broaden your color palette, but at the same time, hold off. If you find a color you don't like, don't buy a car in a color you don't like. Sure, fair enough. Thank you for all your questions. We sure appreciate it. We're always looking forward to next time, but we're wrapping up. This is episode six of season 10, which begins January 1st, 2022. We can't wait to share this new season with you. And by the way, season nine is now fully available on Amazon Prime. And if you haven't seen it yet, it dropped yesterday, our 90s piece, which was the 300ZX, the Supra, and the RX-7 on the main YouTube channel that dropped yesterday. It is a recut from the TV version. It has a different opener. It has about 25% more footage because we had more stuff than the TV episode allowed us to have for time. So we recut it for YouTube. It just dropped yesterday. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. If you've seen the TV version, it's not the same version, please watch it and pass it on to somebody who likes those 90s Heroes cars. We're looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone.